The Incomparable, number 368, August 2017. Hi everybody, welcome back to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. Last week when you joined us, you heard us talk about Batman Forever, and then I tried to end the show so we didn't have to talk about Batman and Robin. And my panelists, that would be Joe Rosensteel, Moises Chuyan, Steve Lutz, Tony Sindelar, Monty Ashley, and David Lohr, insisted that we continue, but I don't want to continue. I don't want to watch Batman and Robin. Why do we have to continue? We, I'm, I'm not letting you end the show before I get to talk about Bane's jaunty chauffeur hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should totally go through this one scene by scene as well so that we're here for another hour and a half. I mean, how could we not? I, I, I took no. I watched Batman and Robin um, from 1997. I fi- found it completely unable uh, to... Uh, f- I couldn't take notes. I couldn't do it. I I watched it. There was one point about 30 minutes to go where I looked at the 30 minutes left and I thought, I don't know if I can make this. I don't know if I will survive as a human being. But I oh, did. Yeah. I saw the whole thing. Now, my understanding is that one of our panel actually has almost a, an encyclopedic knowledge of Batman and Robin, and that is Mr. Steve Lutz. So, uh. Steve, what should we talk about about Batman and Robin. Uh, I think we could probably just move on and end this thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> All right, I'd like to thank my guests for being here. Well, hang on, hang on. I, there's I a thing say. I liked in this movie. There's a thing I liked in this movie. Liar. The production design <laughs> of this movie's Gotham City is very heavy on enormous statues everywhere. There are yes, statues. Like, there's an mm, automat yeah. that, for no reason, has an entire torso sticking out of it all the way over the road. The observatory is being held up by an entire 200-foot man. Like... I, I thought the, there, looked... there are these enormous colossuses holding up all of Gotham, yeah. and it's, it's fascinating design. I, yeah. It's on purpose, and I think it looks neat. Yeah, it's true. I did have to watch this movie uh, probably about five or six times when we were working on the, the riff tracks for it, uh, which I think is probably more times than anybody has ever seen this movie in its entirety. Even and, Schumacher. Uh, and it did. It broke me a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, I've reached the uh, the point now where Acceptance. I've, I've definitely Stockholmed it a little bit. And I, it's not that I enjoy the movie, but it, it sort of flows through me like some kind of a, a Like some kind like of liquid nitrogen that freezes <laughs> you to your soul. Something like that. But yeah, I, I know this movie back and, and front, so, and it's really a sad thing. So Schwarzenegger, um, who, get, who is, gets lead building, Top by the build. way. Top yeah. build. Schwarzenegger, Clooney. Um, Mr. Freeze, also Batman and Robin, first, and also, I guess, the Batgirl. The first... Um uh, the first scene in this movie is uh, is just an action scene. It is it is as perfunctory as possible to get to the moment. There's literally he's in the he's in the Batmobile and a screen appears and it says Batman. There's a new villain. He's called Mister Freeze. He's going to be at this location. Okay, <laughs> and then cut to Mister Freeze and it's Arnold and he's shooting things with a cold gun and yep. literally every line is an ice pun. Oh. And I I had a moment where I thought, are they going to get it all out of their system here? And the answer is no. What you're watching in the first five minutes is literally just going to keep happening for the next for a long, 120 long minutes. Time. I figured out I figured out where most of the movie's budget went because not much of it is on screen. Uh, it, you know, it, tailing on the, the floppy Batmobile fin from the previous movie, mm-hmm. this movie seems like they spent a lot more money and ended up making it look a lot cheaper. It, the, I think all of the money went into this, like, Mount Fuji-size pile of coke 
that they just had a writer meeting and just got every <laughs> so, dad joke ice pun they possibly could out and they architected the movie around them getting progressively worse and worse and worse throughout the movie they didn't save any of the good ones or even passable ones actually there aren't any good ones they're all terrible yeah they didn't, even, all... they didn't save any of the they left the but most nonsensical worse. ones where look i haven't done cocaine i've been around people who have uh but they're at the <laughs> point where it's it's not the hey coke's a great idea let's do some more coke this is a great idea it's the oh how long have we been doing coke wait a minute i've been awake for three days what huh what's happening uh that stuff is all at the end in the climax of the movie do you want to know why he makes so many ice puns he's just an ice hole so mm-hmm. this is they're 13, not even all ice jokes this is this is um uh 13 years after ghostbusters and the note that i had was the the um special effects look about at ghostbusters level of quality i think they're really bad mm-hmm. they look shockingly bad when we do when we do see them i think schwarzenegger is terrible I, one of my notes that i did make uh i just made my notes in slack for this movie because i couldn't bear to open the notes <laughs> app is that it's a movie that thinks the comic books and superheroes are dumb and the people who like them are dumb because uh, among the dialogue in here one of the lines i wrote down is arnold schwarzenegger literally just goes ha 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 revenge revenge he does it like 14 revenge. times in a row. revenge yeah. get the heroes kill the heroes it is so terrible I, it is so bad also I w- i'm gonna pause it and i hate some, it when they talk at the movies i, I would love for somebody to match this but I, i'm gonna argue that the worst screenplay one-two punch in movie history may be akiva goldsman who wrote Batman and Robin and Lost in Space back to back. Yeah, I, I'll go with that. Mm-hmm. I'll go with that. I, I was trying to describe this earlier. I, we watched it this afternoon to to catch up for tonight because I saw both of these in the theater. Oh. And and the 15-year-old <laughs> is like, what? What is this? I said, this is an aggressively stupid movie. Oh, yeah. And I mean, oh, yeah. the other one is pretty stupid, but this one is aggressively stupid. Oh, yeah. And and I gotta say, so so Batman Forever was one of my very earliest uh, movie dates with my my then uh, not yet fiance, and she still married me. She blocked that out entirely. She would not go see this in the theater because of the, the previous one. But tonight she's like, well, I'll I'll sit. You can put it on, and you know whatever. And I don't think she made it through that first fight sequence. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna go yeah, take I'm, a shower. I got a Good night. I'm <laughs> done. Go. I, hey, it's, Jason, it's if not you, want, you it's I can me. literally walk us through this movie if you want to do that very quickly. <laughs> uh, very quickly, oh. Steve. <laughs> oh dear. Good luck. All right. So we start with the opening credits. Stop. Once I'm again, sorry. Joel Schumacher <laughs> thinks we're very excited to see letters fly flying. By. <laughs> Culminating in the Batman logo, literally mounting the Robin logo yes. on screen, <laughs> which which we get to come back to twice. Once when when uh, when Batgirl uh, loads up a, a CD ROM on the 20th anniversary Mac. Yes, that's one of the things that shows up is that is that logo treatment, and then that's the big surprise sting at the very end of the credits. Yeah, too. Oh boy. J- Jason, you may be able to weigh in on this as a Mac expert. Was that hypercard that they were looking at when he she booted up that Mac? I don't that I don't know. I don't know. It I did I was impressed. I was wondering that things too, are just actually. sort of scrolling by. Yeah. Like I, I, Hypercard didn't have color. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was impressed by the fact that you get 50 login attempts apparently, <laughs> but that's a <laughs> separate issue. Also, it there. did the classic thing where the image of it was literally projected on her face like no oh, yeah. computer ever, anywhere. Oh, nice. Nope. Yeah. 
So Joe, we get the Joe loves it. She had the brightness turned up to like sun level mm-hmm. on that display. And even that wasn't very good. This is two years after hackers, and they haven't improved that technology at all. <laughs> yeah. Also, so she we get a repeat of the big long scene from uh, Batman Forever, where Batman suits up. Only this one's twice as long because now we have two rubber butts and cod pieces yes. to look at. Lingering <laughs> shots of all the parts. Which I can, can I can I say that I'm actually I'm totally okay with it. I mean it's it's no more fetishistic than you know Rambo you know tightening a bandana and showing us his rippling muscles and that kind of a thing. I, it, it's the least of the various things that bother me about this movie or the previous. The, movie. the, the part that made the part that made me laugh is it, it's not the nipples, it's not the it's not the muscles. The part that made me laugh is that is that after all of that, those shots all stack all the body parts of all the suits. Then there's the shot of the butt where it's like, "Yep, and these guys yeah. got butts too." And I thought, "Okay, I guess <laughs> it's the this whole is where package. the poop comes out." That's setting oh. up Alicia Silverstone <laughs> later on, who also gets the butt shot. It's true. All right, so we get to hear Chicks dig the car again because it was so great the first time. Oh, so good. Uh, as Jason notes, uh, we then drive out to the Gotham Art Museum where apparently on display as art is a dinosaur and a giant diamond. Yes. Also vases that are look <laughs> and, like they're archaeological in nature. Yeah. yeah well, those could we, we've been going so art. long, the only reason that my computer is still managing under all of the thermal stress is that I have it diamond laser cooled. Yeah, that's <laughs> how you cool things. Sure. That's how diamonds work. <laughs> Batman is Mr. Freeze. I, he's attacking things. You must yeah. get there. He's a new he's a new villain. That's that is all. Goodbye. An art museum in Gotham gets ransacked like twice a week minimum. So totally. this is all they have it's left. It's the dinosaur. They're like, sure, it's art, sort of. It's all in one room. And so we're introduced to Mr. Freeze, who is at the art museum, uh, breaking stuff up and trying to steal the diamond. And this is where I note that the Freeze outfit and the makeup, I think, are actually generally, genuinely pretty good. I agree. Oh, he's I, he's I, got a great robe later on with a classy ascot. He's blue, and he's got all the weird, like, transparent things. And in some shots, he's very clearly got lights inside his mouth when he's talking, which which is super yeah, weird, neat. but interesting looking. Yeah, I agree. I think Mr. Freeze is like a weird alien who should have been in a different movie. But yeah, no, I, I, yes. think he, I think he was ahead of the time, like on LED lit mouth grills. I mean, he was he was <laughs> he was pioneering something that hip hop artists would only get to 15, 20 years Mr. later. Freeze. Be like Mr. Freeze. Just chill. Just chill. Ah. chill. The Ice Age. <laughs> Yeah, so then a hockey game breaks out. My favorite rapper is Ice Cube, followed by Ice T. Ice T. Where did he? Where did Mister Freeze hire the uh, the hockey thug gang? Is there an agency that does that? (laughs) It's a good question. Canada. Canada? They all all can skate like crazy, and they all carry these metal hockey sticks. Yep. They they all drink Elsinore beer. And it's very difficult to make out just what the hell is going on throughout no this, idea. this hockey yeah. scene. Although it's this totally movie do level sound effects are a nice touch. Live action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie action. The the coconut heads. The coconut heads. So after like six Plural. hours of this nonsense, uh Arnold <laughs> Accurate. Arnold's car, which is ridiculous looking to begin with, turns into a rocket, which shoots sparks, of course, instead of fire. Yes. Uh, 
and uh, Batman hops aboard. Oh, God, I blocked this part out. Uh-huh. They fly in the sky. <laughs> the beginning of space. the movie. They're going into space, which is the coldest <sighs> place of all. Robin oh. somehow attaches himself to the outside and stays out there. All oh, no, I remember what happens next. Oh, no. Oh, my God, Tony's having an episode. <laughs> oh, no. Tony, it's all coming they back serve. to Tony now. Repressed <laughs> memories, serve, memories, serve repressed memories are being unearthed. <laughs> <laughs> they surf on spaceship doors. They do. They do. They air surf. While yelling cowabunga. Yes, they do. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. yep, yep, yep. Uh, so Freeze, Freeze jumps out with Tony. his butterfly wings and uh, drifts to Earth. The cultural relevance of 1988, now available in 1997. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they they surf on the doors of the rocket. Oh, no. From space <laughs> into Gotham City. I feel like the best thing for this podcast would have just been to record Tony's utterances while watching the movie. Although I think we just heard it. It was just a lot of, oh, no. Oh, no. I want to say about the look of this movie, there's not as much neon as Batman Forever. Except on Mr. Freeze. Just as much green lasers, but a lot more uh, bright paint lit by black light. Yeah, black light is. Which we are intended to find amazing. Neon colors, especially when you get to the Turkish bath. Or the pod racing sequence. Oh, the pod racing. <laughs> Tony, is is there someone near you who could give you a reassuring hug at this moment? <laughs> I, I'm a, I'll be okay. All right. I mean, this this movie ends, right? Eventually. It is. It, it is does not, not go on forever. All right. Oh. So Freeze gets away, of course, because uh, Robin it's is the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Gets himself frozen. And uh, rather than just let him die, which is really what he should do, Batman decides to thaw him. Which takes about 15 seconds, so I'm not sure why he then doesn't immediately go after Mr. Freeze again. So so let me stop you here just to say that this movie's idea of how you thaw things that are frozen, it seems to have been written by somebody who literally doesn't own a microwave oven, (laughs) right? (laughs) Red lights thaw things, so, Uh, you know, know, know instantly. I infrared thaw my turkey for Thanksgiving each year. no matter what has been frozen, it takes 11 minutes to thaw it or death. Whether it's a building or a person, that's how it <laughs> works. Minutes. So the, 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 the little bit of headcanon that I have where he's having to make this choice, which ordinarily Batman wouldn't be making a choice. Well, of course, he's going to save Robin. It almost looks like whether whether behind the scenes O'Donnell has been annoying enough to Clooney that mm-hmm. he just kind of, you know, he, he lets it read this way. It's almost like Batman's like, you know, I really I could I could just I could just go. <laughs> I, I hate I could so just much. go right now. And we just, already printed up the posters, George. It says, and Robin, right there. <laughs> oh, damn it. All right, fine. Look, we got that big sting waiting at the end of the credits. You don't want to mess that up. <laughs> so uh, after uh, Freeze gets away, suddenly we cut to the jungle, where we are introduced mm, oh, to Uma ah, Welcome. Oh, welcome to oh, As God. Pamela something or other, and uh, John Glover as Jason something or other. They're crazy Drew, scientists. Uh, he's, he's the floronic man, yeah. She's yeah. playing smart, because she has glasses and kind of sticks her lower lip out a little, so she thinks uh, she's ugly now. It does, it's not technically acting. <laughs> oh. no. she, she's doing this movie coming off the heels and fame of uh, of Pulp Fiction, which really broke her out like crazy. And, and like... Uh, like Ed Begley Jr. in the previous movie, has decided that she's going to play it kind of like a 1930s movie, mm. except when she forgets that she's doing that and doesn't do the voice anymore. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, she, she's, she's arch, and then her arch has fallen. It's hard not oh. to look at these Batman Thank movies you. as being the, um, the actor's retirement plan, is if you get enough clout <laughs> to be cast in a Batman movie, you say yes, because they will pay you a huge amount of money that you can bank somewhere, and it doesn't really matter, so just do it. It, and that that that's all I've got to say about 
uh, Uma Thurman in this. Is that, yeah. Jaws 4 was Michael Caine's yeah. kitchen. I hope that Uma well, Thurman has a really nice, like, uh, villa somewhere that she bought with the money from this. I, I actually hope she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's shoddily con- Joe, the good news, it's shoddily constructed and needs a lot of uh, it's going to crumble into the sea pretty soon. So All the furniture? Ikea. That's yeah. the best they could do. <laughs> There's a fight scene later on between Uma Thurman and Alicia Silverstone where neither of them seem like they even know how to walk. <laughs> And it is incredible <laughs> watching that scene to think that Uma Thurman will eventually be in a really good action movie. Or or, or yeah. both both of them seem like they are not actually humans, just inhabiting human skin, saying, <laughs> we look like real humans, right? This is how real humans how, move how and does fight. physics work? Yeah. I haven't seen that yeah. many humans that look Granted, like that. They're probably both on like 17-inch heels or something, mm. which is unfair to them. Uh, but the, for me, the four, the four actors who play the cartoonish over-the-top villains in Forever and this one, uh, of of them, the one that, for me, got the closest to, but then infuriatingly went <laughs> very far afield of the things that I liked about the animated series and that everybody liked about the animated series, and everybody was like, why don't you just do something kind of like the animated series, uh, was was her. Like, she was starting out pretty promising, and then, and then it just... It just went beyond left field into like quantum left field and it's never found position, its way. But again. yeah. Well. Do you want to talk about Mr. Freeze and the animated series at this point? No. Because they get close. Like, there's that scene with Arnold looking at the little wind-up clockwork thing of his wife, and he's quiet for one moment in this hellish movie. (laughs) He does does some ice whittling when he's in prison. And he has that tear that comes out and freezes on his face. You think, oh, somebody at some point... Oh no! It's gone. Nope. We're back to the ice. No, no. This is the guy <laughs> they, they who made Junior. It. This is the guy who was in Junior. So that's right, Steve. This is where we meet Bane, it famous indeed, villain because, Bane. Uh, yes, Jason Woodrow is busy experimenting with uh, what's her face's venom samples to turn a prisoner into a super soldier of some kind. And this is where we learn that Akiva Goldsman apparently doesn't know what concentric means because he's <laughs> supposedly drilled three concentric holes into Bane's head. <laughs> Which would just become one big hole. Big hole. But that's yeah, how you, be a funnel, I guess. Yeah, that's, how, just... that's how you uh, you up your charge rate. Is well, when you see his head, you, it's clear that they have been spaced very, very clearly across the top of his skull. So and Bane, anyway, Bane turns into a know, big hulking Lucha Libre uh, guy. He does. He turns into Strong Bad. Yeah, but mainly, but like zombie <laughs> strong bad, and and that's the thing is in the comics. I mean that 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 that's what Bane started out as is super roided out lucha libre mask dude, and then he became like Brazilian Bruce Wayne ish, like you know communist revolutionary yeah. type of a yeah. thing after after a while. But but he he is so he is so. Savage Hulk, Bizarro level, word. Okay, boss. <laughs> okay. Monkey work. Yes. Bane wear chauffeur hat. Also trench coat. Yeah. That makes sense. Never no take off mask. Tubes out of back of head. Oh, yep. smash. So unfortunately for Uma, she has witnessed this transformation, and uh, John Glover corners her, tries to put the moves on her, and when she doesn't respond, he tosses over a bunch of venom on her, and uh, she disappears <laughs> into the ground, apparently dead. In fact, we have seen the uh, the origin of Poison Ivy at this point. 
which is uh, what an origin story it is. Mm. Yeah, it's it's how she gets, uh, according to her, aloe for blood and chlorophyll for skin, and that's not how chlorophyll works. No, no, it's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. No. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Somewhere around here, she complains about people being the warm-blooded oppressors. And I thought that was weird, because plants don't have any blood at all. Yeah. Like, She's, that seems like more of a killer croc thing to say. She's also got, like, oxygen for feet and sunlight for hair. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she's, she's, she is, to be fair, talking about chimera hybridizing plants with the traits of animals so that they can fight back and blah, blah, blah. But but the moment she starts into that sentence, it goes, it goes again, off the rails into the negative zone. And there's that unfortunate shot uh-huh. of the prop that is like a snake uh, plant. And I was like, why, why did some, who made that snake plant and, and submitted their first draft? That's this, unacceptable. This, that, that so puppet, course, it's like, yeah, oh. sir. So the mouth will kind of wobble and the tongue will wag around and then it'll turn from it's side to side. It's like good. a little shop of horrors miniature that they Yeah, just it's, it's Audrey in. 2 stage one me. That, that, that didn't get approved for screen use. Uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, they went into the WB vault and were like, hey, did we have any props from Little Shop of Horrors that <gasps> just didn't work and that we didn't want to use on screen because it looked like garbage? Steve? Yeah, actually, we got a couple of those. Uh, just pick one. Steve, where do we go from here? Take us well, away. Well, we briefly drop, because we're in the midst of origin stories, we briefly return to the exposition cave where we get Freeze's <laughs> origin story, which is that Sparks scared him into a cryogenic tank. <laughs> That's if you don't like Sparks, this is a rough city to live in, man. Yep. But very quickly, we return to the jungle where Poison Ivy rises up from her hole and kisses John Glover to death. And then she's very concerned about... Uh, creating plant dominance over humans so she starts it off by burning down the rainforest which (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a choice it's a bit of an odd choice although we do get the line here you look great especially for a dead woman which says a lot more about akiva goldman than i think i wanted to know and now she's always (laughs) talking that super sultry voice which she's bad at and seems like a waste of time Mm. because she's clearly uma thurman like She's pretty sexy already, guys. You don't really need to, like, scream it at me. Well, and also the screaming it at you is more like, uh, I don't know, it's almost like drag. Uh, it's not, it's yeah, not like, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yep. it's, it's not a beautiful thing, really. Oh, she's doing Jessica Rabbit. Our which, friend, yeah. our friend Ripola in the chat room points out that she's not burning down the Amazon. She's burning down the Wayne Enterprises lab in South America. That is the I, Well, I love greenhouse. how she looks at. Which she surely won't that will, will not continue to burn into the pristine <laughs> rainforest. She she looks at that beaker and she's like Wayne Enterprises. Like that's that's who I will take my revenge upon. Um, like she didn't know who what she I was working for? for before then. <laughs> no, she died. She doesn't remember. Taiwan. Before I huh? smash this piece of glassware, what is frosted upon it? <laughs> I'll start with Taiwan. I think I'll read the glassware before That's I That's right. It. Made okay. in China? Then China must die! China must <laughs> fall! <laughs> but now we've got some really exciting stuff coming up, because we get to see uh, Mr. Freeze's lair, which is an abandoned ice cream factory. Of course. Uh, and we, we're introduced to his henchmen singing the Cold Miser song yes. while he leads them in a round. He, he loves that one part <sighs> where the Cold Miser sings, not the part where the Heat Miser sings. He's Mr. White Christmas, he's Mr. Snow. Yeah. So he likes the cold, but also he wears fuzzy slippers to keep his feet warm and smokes a cigar sometimes. It's an aesthetic. And it's an ice cigar. It's like a white cigar. So it's... Yeah. Arnold Arnold gets bored on set. Joel, I'm going to smoke a cigar. We, uh, well, Arnold, yeah. I don't make it look like an icicle. I don't care. I'm bored. I want to smoke. We all. I, I do think he looks great. We all scream for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, at the and factory. they didn't use that one. Uh, in many of the interviews that uh, Joel uh, Schumacher has done to apologize for this for the 20th so anniversary. Is, to be clear, uh, he, he he's on the record <laughs> as saying he's sorry for this film. Yeah. Yeah, it, 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 apparently he didn't really have control over things that Arnold wanted to do. Uh, if Arnold mm. wanted to do something, he got to do it. If he wanted to smoke a cigar, he got to smoke a cigar. If he wanted to wear a right. bald cap, he got to wear a bald cap. All, anything Arnold wanted, Arnold got. More bad puns. Yep. Mm. Surely. Schumacher, Schumacher's been apologizing for this movie, and by extension forever, but especially this movie, going back as far as 2003 when he came to South by Southwest, and there was a spotlight panel that was basically 45 minutes of him talking about how miserable he was making these movies. <laughs> well, I promised excitement, and here it comes. Oh. We are very <laughs> briefly introduced to Ms. B. Haven. Uh, this movie's there version of Drew Barrymore, and it is in fact there she is Vivica That's, A. Fox. There, there she, she is, is. Vivica, v- Vivica A. Fox. One year after Independence Day, one year after Independence Day, she has what three lines in a bustier and yep. lingerie. Yeah, and as soon as she came on screen, the fifteen-year-old goes, "Why does she look familiar?" And I just went. <laughs> There she is! Arnold Schwarzenegger and Vivica A. Fox messed Messed it it up! By which I mean this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're blaming Vivica, I am. Interesting. It turns out that whole speech about how she doesn't like bullies was a load of crap. She's big on Arnold Schwarzenegger here. She was a bright spot here. We're we're not blaming Senator Patrick Leahy. We're not blaming Coolio. We're blaming Vivica A. Fox. By the way, uh, two governors in this movie. We'll get to the second governor in a bit, Uh but there are two governors in this movie as actors. Two governors. It's a two governor. You got that right, brother. Two governors. Two governors and a senator. And a senator. Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's it's unclear why he even has a scantily dressed henchwoman hanging around his lair because he's devoted to his wife. Yes, but it's just mm-hmm. it's I think she may have come I think this may have been property that previously owned by Two-Face <laughs> that he just like assumed control of and, and she came with a lair yeah oh that could be makes perfect sense yeah the, the goon agency sent her along yeah it's just easier to she was part of the package deal with the hockey thugs doesn't make any sense yeah you gotta have, I don't it's, it's I don't have any need for her it's bundle well, pricing sorry. what are you gonna She's do part of it that's how they get you all right so freeze explains his evil plan which it seems like he could just short circuit by fencing his giant diamonds for research money but I mean uh-huh. there's some crazy thing where he's trying to he's trying to uh, fix the McGregor syndrome that his wife has she's been cryogenically frozen and uh, he doesn't have enough money for research and this whole thing is an attempt for him to fund that research so whatever uh, <laughs> then <laughs> Hooray, Alfred's niece is here to marble mouth Yay. her way through a bunch of terrible lines. She's from she's from Oxbridge. Oxbridge U, the brand new uh, computer science department. Which there. is not, Oxbridge, you know, is just like... It's not a thing. It's a thing that they refer to as Oxford and Cambridge are the two big universities in the UK. Oxbridge is like the... But now it's apparently they've formed, they've merged to form one great uber university, Oxbridge. <laughs> It was a horrible lab accident that merged the two universities that's together. <laughs> For American They're, listeners, that's like if Yale merged with CSU Chico. To become... Yeah. Suddenly a bunch of people from Yorkshire who suddenly sound like they're from Leeds and a bunch of people from Billericay who sound like they're yeah. from Cornwall. I made that joke so that I'm, people from either Oxford or Cambridge will get outraged. They have to decide which one was Chico. I, j- I just made two regional England jokes that only our English listeners will care about. Those students should chill out. I got him. Sorry, I'm just going to keep on doing that. I don't think I don't really. There's think a lot sorry. of moments in this movie where you can tell where the punch up happened, 
<laughs> like, yeah. There's there's a spot where Uma um, and Arnold are standing next to each other, and she says, "What are you about a fifty, big and tall?" And he says, "No, always go a size smaller. Makes me look slimmer." And she and she does a little thing where she like looks down at her own dress and is like, mm. "Yeah, yep." And and th- like that scene in particular, I I I, I want to throw this in there. I never had thought of this in thinking about the movie. Something that I tried to avoid doing as much as possible, or in the two times previous to now that I had seen it. But down to the the way that they do her her hair in the in the little uh, the little double beehive thing. At some point in the rewriting process, they decided they were going to make Poison Ivy and Mister Freeze's dynamic that of Sweeney Todd and Mrs. Lovett where mm. she is finding a way to dispose of his wife that is uh, in the way of them being, you know, lovers forever and taking over the world and whatever. And uh, they, 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 they decided to steal from something good and then turn all the good stuff into garbage. Just, just a big flame and pile of garbage. All right, so we learned that Barbara's parents were killed, too, so she'll fit right in. <laughs> so much parent death. Join uh, the club. Yeah. Uh, Alfred, who's sick, by the way, I don't think I mentioned that, is uh, trying to hmm. get a hold of his cousin Wilfred. I guess they're all named something Fred in the Pennyworth family <laughs> to carry on his duties because he's going to die. And uh, Barbara is sneaking out and borrowing bat bikes. Uh, we cut to... Um, Ivy and uh, and Bane in a limousine, where we learn that, that I guess that may Bane's be the best the best shot in the movie. <laughs> it's it's kind of amusing, <laughs> but we learn that Bane's whole purpose in this film is to be her personal valet and chauffeur. He doesn't do much else throughout the entire film. Uh, we learn from Gossip Gertie that uh, all of uh, Gotham society is agog about Bruce Wayne donating a big telescope. And, of course, uh, Ivy turns up and harasses Bruce about some hippie crap. Um, <laughs> speaking of pointless things, we briefly get poor Elle McPherson, who is literally oh. only there because there has to be a hot woman for Bruce to hang around, yeah. even when she's given nothing Hello, whatsoever to I'm do. A, I'm a woman with dyed blonde hair. I'm here to be Bruce's love interest. Bye. She does, t- she does try to uh, get him to uh, marry her and and george clooney in his clooniest moment says yeah. i'm not really the marion kind <laughs> yeah every hey, time he's Smile. bruce wayne he's just george clooney yeah. he's yeah. so distractingly oh, yeah. george clooney yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know this this he is around the same speed. time where where barbara informs us that elephants don't have fax machines on them so i'm a i'm a um <laughs> I'm, I'm a child of the uh i'm a child of the 80s i have to say i was excited to see Elle McPherson here and I felt really bad for her because she has nothing to do she except do a fake American accent because she's Australian and like like Nicole Kidman actually fake American accent it's somebody from Bruce Australia has a type. he does because mm-hmm. um, she was of course a famous she was a supermodel she was one of the original supermodels um, and she has yeah she is literally like Chase Meridian we can talk about and we can talk about uh, Vicky Vale, right? But they at least Vicky had vale. some Vicky Vale had something <laughs> to do. But Elle McPherson literally is just a blank. She exists to be in a couple of scenes to say that uh, Bruce is a playboy, and that's it. That's it. That's all she has. I, I was waiting for the scene where it was revealed that she was some kind of robot Bruce Wayne had created as a cover story. <laughs> <laughs> robot beard. That's a good idea. This the bat robot beard. Bat beard. Yeah. The bat, the, the bat beard girlfriend. To the bat beard. She actually has a label that says bat girlfriend. <laughs> So from here we go to the charity diamond and hooker auction at the, 
at the at the local frat house. The yes. the local frat was putting it on, mm. and a sorority signed on, and yeah. a bunch of people are auctioning off dates, and it just uh, it's yeah. one big cultural imperialist ball of garbage. We learned that Gotham puts on one hell of a telescope christening. Was this the jungle themed event, or was yep. that a yes. different? Yeah. yeah, the one with a bunch of white people in uh, in. Uh, there's really not a better term for this: ogabuga masks, because that's yeah. the dance they were doing <laughs> and the thing that they were saying, and that, that's how they branded it. Um, it it is it is like the fraternity throws incredibly racially insensitive party of the but star. But for charity. But, but for having charity, guys. For charity, man. But for charity. The Seven gorilla. guys were dressed as Nazis, but it was for charity. For charity. Charity minstrel show coming tomorrow. When Ivy shows up in what I think is supposed to be a gorilla suit, I really like that gorilla suit. <laughs> it has a cool face and you can see her eyes inside it. And the kids win, too. <laughs> It was apparently composed of a bunch of dyed wigs all glued together. That's what I got out of the special uh, features. Oh, cool. Well, I liked it. Uh, yeah, so there's a crazy dance number. Uh, Ivy appears and blows some sort of scented stuff oh, around. Oh, God. It makes the love CGI potions. trails. Yeah. God. And it makes everybody it, go crazy it, for her. Is it CGI or is that like yeah. rotoscoped or I don't even uh, know no, what that's, it is. Love that's potion CG. number problematic. That's it's CG, it's CG, tra- yeah. CG uh, particles. It's, yeah, it's yes, ba- it's really yeah. bad. It is like yeah, it's her love snuff basically. Yeah. I just like how it's clear. It it's it's clear that the the, the actors don't know that it's there. Um, like it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, like and and they're clearly just not experienced with working around stuff that'll be CG inserted later. So like everyone is just conspicuously like not understanding the the particle effects in front of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Eye line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Point my head this way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna act it, guys. I'm just gonna act it. Well, well they're not supposed to see it. It's like played as if it's something that we as the audience see, okay. um, which right. just makes it worse because that it's just <laughs> ridiculous and, and why her, is this pink mist i mean metho- if, methodology for dispensing it is really weird too because it's it's so obvious she's like hold on there for a second while i get this thing out and here i go <sighs> right and no, yeah, it's, nobody it's the, does I mean, anybody the, react to her weird it's equi- behavior it's the equivalent of having like a a ball and powder musket that you use as your signature <laughs> weapon. You're like, hold on, guys. Let me pack this in powder. The, the powder in then there I'm going to put the wadding down, and then I'm going <laughs> to... Here goes the mini ball. Wait for it. I'm going to I'm gonna use the ramrod and get it packed down yep. there real tight. Yep. Okay. Oh, better Bang. put some powder oh in the pan. There's a lot of acting in this movie that suggests it's 1.30 p.m., Boy. and George says we're done at 2. Boy, is there, a, is there <laughs> ever a lot of acting in this movie? Me- Maybe mm. the best thing you can say about this movie is if you've ever wanted to see George Clooney doing this <laughs> for like ninety minutes, make this is super, the movie for make, you. Make a supercut, people. Make a supercut of pheromone dust. Pheromone we dust. We never really yes. understand why he's immune to it, too. He's bad. Well, it's because he's super sex god Bruce Wayne. I think he puts well, like sense. filters well, in his nose later. He's not. He's not totally immune to it. No, he's not immune at the beginning. No, he he hallucinates. This is a guy who takes his caveman powders. That's what I'm saying. He takes his caveman powers. We probably shouldn't think too hard about it. But but he does hallucinate Ivy when he's with Julie later. Joel Schumacher is telling you that Batman is the ultimate sex machine, that he just banged a shark, and he... <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Shark. I'm in. It's the shark. <laughs> go on. All right, so Ivy takes over the uh, the charity auction and kind of butts in, and the other hookers are very angry about that. Uh, and we get the immortal <laughs> line from Uma Thurman, some lucky boy's about to hit the honeypot. Uh, 
you know, mm. you know, you just hit the honeypot, Tiger. <laughs> Who is this movie for? Who? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the toy if, department? If, if that wasn't awful enough, now we get, and I have this, I quote oh. verbatim from my notes, oh Christ, the goth card. <laughs> uh, Batman has a credit card that he whips out that oh. says mm. Batman, uh. and the expiration date is forever. Forever. Mm. Oh. Friends acknowledged. Also, there's a cha-ching sound for it, mm. just oh, to let you know he's whipped out a credit <laughs> yeah. card. Which he follows up with, never leave the cave without it. But it's not an American Express Mm-mm. punny name on the card, it's a MasterCard punny name. Yeah. You even ruined that, Akiva. There's also one of those scenes where it seems like everyone should know that's Bruce Wayne and his ward Dick, because they're just arguing with each other out of character in front of everyone. I think you guys are just forgetting that Batman's really into prop comedy. <laughs> <laughs> and the the time that's passed between forever and now, a lot of it has just been has just been soaked up by Batman pulling out yet another prop from his bag of tricks, like like Gallagher with a repelling gun, and Robin going, "Oh, come on, Bruce." No, I'm, man, no, I'm nobody, Garrett no, top. you don't have to, you don't have to smash a watermelon. We've talked no. about this. <laughs> we, this is, yeah, we've gone over this, man. All right, save you from yourself. Freeze, freeze busts in and there's another endless incomprehensible fight scene. Oh yeah. In which he takes the diamond, which, uh, which all along Bruce's plan was to invite a bunch of socialites to a big event and then have the crazy man come and freeze them all. I don't understand. <laughs> also, have you, did you mention that Freeze comes in in his car and they're like on the top floor of the building? Which oh, I, there is that. I never really yeah, Which understood. is being held aloft by an enormous statue. Can I just say that this is really, really ugly jewelry? Like, it's big, but... Uh. Well, it's the, it's the uh, Wayne Diamonds. It, but, uh, they're not actually in the observatory. This is the, a different building. So that's they're not held aloft by the that that's that that statue. Maybe the but, tinier statue. But they're a different. They're near a different statue because Arnold's about to drive through a giant yeah. head. Yes. I also like when he he drives in one wall to enter the uh, the charity auction, and then rather than backing up, <laughs> he then exits through another wall. Mister Freeze, don't back um, up for anyone. I just I felt like there is no reverse on the freeze mobile. No. Yeah, they showed us way too much of the freeze mobile, given how stupid it looked. That was my yeah. general feeling. Now. Look, I don't want to get political at all. Lots of politicians have a lot of things to be embarrassed about. I would argue that the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to Patrick Leahy is being part of this scene. Oh, no. Is he in there? Yeah, yeah, he's right. Oh he's my right God. Next, to, yeah. next to speaking characters. He's prominently featured. Yeah, I, could not, in, I couldn't pick him out in Batman Forever. He's in there somewhere. Yeah, he's oh. he, he's much harder to find in Batman Forever, but he is very, very prominent uh, or visible in this one. Among the guys bidding half a million dollars to pa- take Patrick, Poison Ivy Patrick Leahy is a lifelong fan of Batman, and this is why yes, he has he made cameo appearances, including a voice in Batman the Animated Series. So, yep. Which absolves oh. all of this, but he's still well, by this, come on, sure. And he's in The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. He, he is, and, uh, and in Batman, he's got a lot Superman. of absolving to do. Yeah. Well, look, Arnold's been in some good movies, too, but he's also in this. Yeah, <laughs> you can't always make junior. That's the thing. All right, so uh, Batman punches a goon through a drum and then looks through the hole and says "Good night," oh, which is actually yeah. pretty funny. <laughs> Tony, Tony, <laughs> it'll, it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty funny in some universe somewhere. <laughs> I got a kick out of it. Uh-huh. It amused me too. 
Yeah, uh, well. Uh, so Freeze takes yeah. off with the diamonds. They chase Freeze around on giant statues. Um, Robin gets his bike shut off remotely by Bruce, which that seems very dangerous. Him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like while they're riding down a giant statue, you just shut it off. But they do catch Freeze in the end, although we don't actually get to see how they catch Freeze. It's just uh, one moment Batman is approaching, and the next moment he's lying he's on, on the, the ground. ground. Yeah. yeah. He, well, he, he, crash, he crashes through the windshield of the Freeze Mobile, which doesn't go in reverse. Yeah. And uh, then. Smash cut. Smash cut. Literally. <laughs> hey, guess what? Here he is, uh. all bundled up. All right, so the next scene, we see Freeze getting rolled into Arkham Asylum in a refrigerator. Uh, a refrigerator, because he's cold. Where he's taunted by Jesse Ventura, yes. who is the most... The, most second, the second governor! Oh, no. You know what? As long as you're not drinking the fluoride in the water, then uh, you're probably going to stand a pretty good chance in a one-on-one fight with Mr. Freeze. Yeah. I'm just a guy asking questions. Well, I would definitely not drink anything from the Gotham Water Supply. That place <laughs> uh, yeah. has bad security. Yeah. All right, let's put him right here into the ice beam. All right. Uh, Ivy busts into a Turkish bath and uh, knocks the Blacklight gang, who I remember them from the last horrible movie. It was Yay. exciting to see him again. Uh, she kicks them out and plants some plants, and Bane, I guess, waters them and sort of does <laughs> yep. menial he's, chores. He's got a giant green thumb. He, yeah. He's her Alfred. Alfred. And now there's about a 45-minute uh, stupid spark-filled bike racing interlude with Coolio. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know how in the Fast and the Furious movies, especially the earlier ones, every race starts with the long shot of butts and mm-hmm. uh, yeah. cards with hydraulics? In this movie, there's like four guys in the gang. But one of them is like a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, guy. it's, like, you know, it's this, family night at the at the at the Gotham Drag Race. At the illegal at the illegal bike race. Yeah, yeah. yeah this sequence is is a weird uh, reiteration of the stuff that you see in Torque and the earlier Fast and Furious movies, where everything is is just so distinctly '90s that you mm-hmm. it, it can't live outside of that decade. Is this this is also where we get the quick shot of the other themed gangs that we never see again? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Clockwork yeah. Orange yes. Gang is my yes. favorite. Yeah. Right. Well, and then there's like the Rock Me Amadeus gang as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And uh, Alicia Silverstone apparently has a rival and that not, that never yes. goes anywhere. <laughs> no, she shows you should you should get out of here. We we don't want you here anymore. And she's like, oh, I'll race you. I'm like, oh, all yeah. right. Nick, Nicky Cat shows up for five minutes and then he's gone. <sighs> That's about the right amount. This is, this is like basically, him, you know, uh, I think this was inspiration for the pod race in episode one. That's what I think. It, no, it, it absolutely is. Uh, long, kind of Dee-dee. fun to look at, completely irrelevant race sequence that yeah. stops you know what? the movie cold. Yep. Here's the thing is Barbara needed some character development and she got none of that nope. here. <laughs> <laughs> we learned she rides on a motorcycle. Yep. Yep. That's mm-hmm. what the hacking scene is for later. Mm. This is a woman who knows how to drive. That's right. Whoa, whoa. She doesn't whoa. just steal bikes. She also rides hey, them. Hey, lady drivers, am I right? Well, uh, she does almost fall off the bridge and has to be saved by Robin. Oh. No. So uh, yeah. that happens. That happens for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Sure does. Uh, we learned that Bruce knows that Alfred's dying. Everybody's up to speed now on that, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, and Bruce. Well, here's the thing: is Bruce Bruce saying what seems like a deathbed goodbye to Alfred is probably the most sincere, best acting in this movie that yes. then completely falls apart because of the rest of the movie. Yes, surrounding. I agree. Yes. Yep. 
Absolutely. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's downright touching. And then when you realize you're almost to the end of this scene and it's about to cut back to everything that you've just been experiencing for an hour and a half, then yeah. all of it just yeah. washes away. Again, it's Michael Goff's <laughs> dignity gives the movie a little crack of possibility and then it's gone. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, and I, it's the only time Bruce gets to be a human being, too. I was meeting the goofiness of the movie on its own terms. So all the Alfred stuff, I just did not care for. Oh, interesting. Like, well, what are you doing here? I was just enjoying a day glow underground motorcycle race. That's true. And now mm-hmm. Michael Goff is dying? Yeah. Way to bring me down, old hey, man. a minute ago, they were auctioning <laughs> off scantily clad women. I was, what the hell happened? I was upset that, uh, that uh, Dr. Doug Ross couldn't find a way to save him. That, uh, they right? Have, uh, right? Yeah, take him to the ER. But he does Turns by out the all end. he had to do was blackmail a supervillain. Yep. Yeah. I also don't appreciate the flashbacks that they weave in. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> they they don't do anything. No. Like Darkness. we know who Alfred is. Remember when no there, there was a younger butler and a boy? <laughs> but but, yeah. but you know what? Bruce actually gets to have happy flashbacks for once. Yeah. Come on. Remember, remember when happy. we buried mom outside of the den? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He George Clooney looks off into the middle distance, dissolve the window to uh, daytime where there is a small child kneeling by a grave, mm. which is apparently right outside the window. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alfred is there, young Alfred, mm. to, to watch. Unacceptable. Her but Bruce Wayne only gets shot. one. Bruce Wayne gets one flashback. It's a gun and it's pearls falling in the rain, and that's it. It's, it's in the bylaws. It's in the bylaws. And a crumpled theater program. Yeah. He can also get a uh, bat coming in the window or like a swarm of bats in the cave, maybe. Right. Falling I'll, I'll into the cave. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Ivy turns up at Arkham and busts freeze out uh, in a scene that's probably not worth talking about. <laughs> I have a comment that, on that scene. Okay. Go she for it. said, Boys, winterize your pipes. Uh, somewhere around here, she says, You never said anything about a wife. And she has completely forgotten to do her sultry voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. like they didn't redub it at all. Although she she does dip back into it when she announces that she'll help him grab his rocks, so yeah, she gets right back on the train. Yeah, diamonds, really, diamonds really, is what she's talking about. Really needed to draw attention to that line. I was worried we would blow right past it, but uh, but thank you, Steve. <laughs> So uh, we we're at Snowy's again, the ice cream factory, and uh, all of Gotham's police force is there waiting for Freeze to turn up. Uh, Batman and Robin are there as well, discussing how great uh, Ivy's stems and buds are in a just a st- sterling bit of repartee. Mm. The real antagonist of this movie was Thirsty Man. <laughs> That's right. Toxic, toxic masculinity and their inability to talk about their feelings. Wait, th- that's, that's the, a typo. The, the antagonist was Thirsty Thurston, high and low as his neighbor. The, the real, <laughs> no, the real antagonist to this movie Finally, is Akiva Goldsman. Yeah, Akiva Goldsman. The, the real the comic real book references come through. <laughs> so Mr. Freeze turns up and foils the police department by hitting or t- turning the big lever that says freeze. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah. There's not a thing that happens in this movie that isn't announced in case you missed it. So one of the cops shouts, my lungs, my lungs are freezing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't enough that the lights went from red to to uh, blue again. Yes. I mean, the the universal color, color of temperature. Yeah. Who messed with my hue lights? Look, this I'm is just gonna not going to go over. An, an important survival tick. If, if your lungs are freezing, don't scream it because you, that will simply accelerate the rate at which your oh, lungs good freeze. To know. Shallow breaths when your lungs Science. are freezing. People yeah. were thinking, why would I listen to this episode? Why on know. earth? Why? Now Educational you know. Educational content. This may save I like your to life. put the life-saving advice 
an hour and 45 minutes or so into <laughs> our right. discussion of the Batman movie. Yep. Look, just, if, we don't want to save everyone. Just the real fans. <laughs> just the dedicated If you ones. haven't gone through a lot, you haven't Look, really earned the advice. If you've seen these movies and are still alive, you deserve that advice. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. So now we get the it's one and like only... It's a like Left Behind, but much, much worse. <laughs> we now get the one and only fight that Bane actually participates in, where he hits mm-hmm. Batman with a pipe a couple of times, <laughs> and it's not very inspiring whole fight concludes with Robin getting dumped into a vat of pistachio ice cream that happens to be sitting there. Yep. It's probably not that very suit, good anymore. That yeah, suit you, know, you, know, you know what happens when you get pissed off at your sidekick? You throw him into a vat of pistachio chemicals and turn him into pistachio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ivy like... is supposed to rescue Mrs. Freeze in her tank, and instead she pulls the plug and blames <gasps> Batman. And and what a what a simple way to terminate life support for her when when he has gone to such an extent of effort to keep her alive, you just kick the cord out. Whoops. Yeah, if the movie had put any effort in, that could have been a real tragic moment with like real repercussions and emotion behind it. Well, nope. also, we never see a following scene where it's like, oh, no, she's dead. Cause, so then you just think that maybe that she was saved or something because everybody else immediately recovered this facility. So, I don't know. And then, of course, we find out later on in the film that she's not dead. She's still frozen because yeah. uh, they just plugged her back in again. <laughs> it, well, it was you less know, than you, 11 minutes. It works for thawing and, and freezing. If, if, you, if you plug the fridge back in, you, you, have, you have four hours after the power outage before all the food in the freezer goes bad. So, Are you saying we should have started eating Mrs. Freeze right away? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, yeah, you, have, you have four hours. <laughs> we all scream for ice cream. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, we we learn a crazy coincidence here, which is that Alfred is also suffering from McGregor's syndrome. I'm sure that won't come into play at any point, though. Not sure why they even bring it up. Um, we move on to the big telescope dedication gala event. Um, poor Commissioner Gordon gets to be clown himself again. Uh, Ivy blows some pheromones into his face, and he really really embarrasses himself yeah he also, reveals the, where the bat signal is how can she not know where the bat signal is there's a giant beam of light, pointing the to light. It. <laughs> you idiot top secret and, and uh, yeah. it's not like it's hidden it's on the police station yeah Meanwhile, in a completely different movie, Barbara, who has been given a CD by Alfred and told never ever to try to bust into it, immediately tries to bust into Alfred's CD. <laughs> She's wearing glasses. Using, that makes her smart. You know, hey, she she knew that the most likely password is probably Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She tries Alfred first. She tries England, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. and then she notices that the photo of uh, his dear sister, her mother, who apparently she, was born in 1910, from the looks of her, the picture. <laughs> well, she trains Wayne. Uh, she signed the photo to her brother, Love Peg, and so she tries Peg, which is a really bad password, but you know yes. old people and passwords. Uh, um, so she busts into the CD, discovers that the Batman are the Batman. Uh, it's really great. Um, let's see... Bane and Freeze bust into the observatory. Bane starts setting up bombs all over the place. Uh, we go back to Barbara in the Batcave, who's really enjoying the Danny Elfman laser show that has sprung up. Hmm. And then uh, a Max Headroom version of Alfred oh, yeah. turns up on the oh. Bat screen. Complete with stuttering. Yep. 
We call it we we call it Al Fred room in the fandom. Um, <laughs> that's that's the Alfred proper heads. term of art. <laughs> Us Alfred heads. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is an amazing learned, moment. Yeah, Max we, Headroom yeah, Alfred. We, it's terrifying, and well, it's because Alfred has, I guess, transferred his brain waves into the he, computer. That that is a line that he says, yes. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Which is something that we learned was a really, really bad thing to do to mess with the brain waves. In that the is last that movie. is a line of dialogue that we are expected to believe. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's great. Um. <laughs> also, also that he th- thought that to program himself to believe that it would be inevitable that. Uh, she would get into the Batcave right. and do this. So he made a suit for her. Yeah, he took the um, liberty of uh, of making a suit for her, and she says, suit me up, Uncle Alfred, which is probably the mm-hmm. most cringeworthy line in the movie, although it's hard to say. So did he just... The don't ask, that don't ask the question. Like There's he was no- sketching what she would look like? You know what? If she were a lady version of Bruce... Some questions don't have good answers. <laughs> All right. All right. So Robin and Batman have a little fight, and they make up sort of Robin responds to the Robin signal, which leads to Ivy's lair. Uh, he's, of course, enticed and beguiled by her and goes to kiss her. But aha, rubber lips are immune to your charms. Mm-hmm. That's right. He's wearing rubber lips, so he's safe. Ah, uh, boy. Uh, Batman works shows up. The, stealing all the worst things from James Bond continues. <laughs> Robin gets thrown in the water. Batman turns up and gets caught by her vines. And then Batgirl drops in and we get some dumb girl on girl fighting. Yeah, she uses a, a, a vine as a whip at one point, thinking that the, the existence of the whip touching Barbara will cause her to not be able to move. And then Barbara just pulls on the whip, which causes Ivy to fly <laughs> over her head because, you know physics in in one of the best examples of missing the point of trying to message progressive feminism batgirl uh shames poison ivy for using your feminine wiles you know that's not modern blah 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 coming from a a woman wearing high heels in a pleather and rubber (laughs) suit tight yeah skin yeah with also with with nipple armor while this is all going on batman is uh held by vines against the ceiling but apparently takes that time to shoot a video of uh poison ivy implicating yes. herself yes indeed yeah after the fight uh barbara feels the need to say bruce it's me barbara <laughs> and she is the least disguised person ever yeah i know yeah, so that there's... it might be difficult to tell through this domino mask but i'm the person who's been living in your house <laughs> <laughs> so there's you know, some the dumb one fighting. with this hair and face and voice yeah that one it's me <laughs> Um, so there's there's a bunch of dumb fighting at uh, the end of which Uma goes out by being eaten by her own chair, which is somewhat of an anticlimax. How ironic! And, and Batman says we'll kill her later. Well, see, she, About she was always sitting on chairs in life, and it's chairs that killed her. <laughs> wow. Shakespearean, you guys. It really makes you think. Yeah, it's really about ergonomics. Yeah, ergonomics are very important. How many of you are sitting in a chair right now? How do you feel about that? Sitting in a chair is going to kill you faster than smoking and being Mr. Freeze. You know, they called it voodoo ergonomics in the 80s. (laughs) V-O-O what? So uh, back at the, um, the observatory, Freeze is 
enacting his evil plan of freezing Gotham with a giant telescope and diamonds. <laughs> we don't, we don't have too. to say anything about the telescope and <laughs> yeah. the space mirrors <laughs> that are satellites. Well, he, yeah, right? yeah, we, well, we don't have well, to. Hmm. We just we can acknowledge that no one involved in this movie has ever been to an observatory. Why would you ever put the world's biggest anything in Gotham? You know some villain's going to come grab it. <laughs> it's just right. asking for it, really. I, at this point, I zoned out of the movie so much that most of what I was paying attention to were uh, were like day player actors. Like one of the guards mm. was uh, Peter Tuyasosopo uh, playing his next role after the breakout hit Street Fighter in which he portrayed E. Honda as, you know, a guard who I think gets frozen after punching somebody. <laughs> um, and then the, the two scientists who after being frozen later somehow gains superpowers and can see into space and see what satellites are seeing regarding the the re-angling of solar flares or something uh played by michael paul chan from the closer and uh, kimberly scott from the abyss um i which i i just i would i would love to uh, i don't care about hearing interviews with the principal cast about what being on this movie was like but them hmm. specifically uh being swung around on a on a telescope um occasionally being checked in on by batman as our audience surrogates of you guys okay uh them i, I want to know what what that was like and they get to recite great lines like dirty fighter dirty fighter <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's bad Oh, uh, speaking done. of freezing, uh, we get to see Gotham being gradually frozen by the giant telescope, including a bulldog who gets froze just as he's about to pee on a fire hydrant. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's comedy. Uh, we also uh, get to see some uh, some icicles that flap around as though they are made of rubber. It's It's really great. <laughs> Uh, there's some fighting, Batman and Robin and Batgirl or whatever she's called fight, and then they fall off a telescope. Wait, 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 you you missed the whole toy scene where we, we get all the nonsensical costume changes and uh, special gear that they need to take with them over yeah, to the observatory. They have, they have oh yeah, we get, we get the second gearing up scene, that's right. And yeah. there's that yeah. one scene somewhere where Mr. Freeze is moving into a place, so he plugs in kind of a light-up crystal... It looks like it's made out of plastic. I love that scene. Oh, they've got 11 minutes, so they had enough time to, like, change everything and get special vehicles just to go over to the observatory. <laughs> this is this is the legendary point where the bat skiff is an essential part of the arsenal. You got to have the skiff. I and uh, I, th those of you who watched the special features, I'm sure there's a deleted scene where Bruce says, guys, our suits don't match. They won't know that we're together and we won't be able to keep track of each other if we don't have the same color accenting on our suits. The it's only thing that synergy, otherwise Robin. distinguishes them from what we have. What it's called is brand synergy. It's very important here at Warner Brothers. What's Warner Brothers? It, it doesn't matter. Shut up. <laughs> so Robin and Batgirl fall off the telescope and plummet to their death. Yep. Robin's about to save <laughs> uh, about to save Batgirl with his whatever they call those things. What do they call Hands. them? <laughs> his little grappling hook thing. Grapp grappling hook will do. His little grappling hook, Batarang. grappling bats. It, it, the narrative invincibility device is that. Aren't these the, grappling the, hooks great? They keep punching through concrete. Punching right mm, in the hell of the bat right. grappling hooks. Not yeah. grappling hooks. Bat it's very impressive because we've never seen the grappling hook bit uh, before. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he uses his and says, I got you, and his breaks. But Barbara gets to use hers, and hers works, and she gets to say, No, I got you. Feminism. 
burn. I got you, babe. So they descend to the ice floe below where they meet Bane for the big boss fight, which lasts about 25 seconds and ends with his tube being pulled out of his head and squirting yellow fluid everywhere. Yep. And he turns back into a little skinny guy. Yep. Like in a video game. Yes. You just have to jump on his back and hit him a couple times, then you hit the other button and you pull the tube out. Mm-hmm. I, I think a couple times is kind of generous. They basically just do this in one go. Uh-huh. Uh, so Batman fights Freeze. He gets the upper hand, but then Freeze fires off the bombs we saw Bane setting before, and the telescope falls. Bomb! Shattering him. Bomb. 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 Thanks, Bane. Very Super Mario Brothers. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. There is no way we could possibly have known they would be bombs, so it's, that's actually a pretty useful bit of exposition. Um, telescope falls, so there's no way to thaw the city, but it turns out that Barb is a computer genius, having spent, I guess, what, one semester at Oxbridge in the computer science department? We saw her hacking earlier. Yeah, it's a Linux system. She knows this. Yes, right. Yeah. She no, typed okay. in peg. That's hacking, right? Look, and if you're a computer hacker, you can adjust uh, mirrors to gradually thaw and not cook an entire city. Yeah. That's well, just science, Steve. At least we've seen her use a computer. What happens is there's the line, that would take a computer genius. And then Robin says, I'm on it. Because he, he grew up in a circus. He's a genius or something. <laughs> and then after she does all the work, he calls her little girl. Uh, uh, yeah. Batgirl should have pointed out that, like, Robin, you were using a magnifying glass with a computer at the start of this movie. That doesn't make <laughs> yeah, any he sense. You were at a circus folk. She's at least been to college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, there are like 20 satellites hovering directly over Gotham, but we probably shouldn't think about yeah. that too And much. again, you thaw things out by shining a, a light on them, and then they're thawed. That's how yes. that works. In this case, yep. the sun. Mm-hmm. This yeah. whole climactic thing comes off like they, they said, all right, we're going to do a big weather machine climax. All right, how are we getting out of it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> weather machines, great Look. in the Avengers, great here. Comic mm. books are stupid, and the people who like them are, are stupid. stupid. And yeah. this movie is stupid, yeah. and I don't like the people who make it, and I'm stupid. <laughs> well, I'm just glad that the, glad, glad that we can see Geostorm in theaters exclusively 2017. So they thaw out Gotham, and good news, everybody, the Bulldog is okay. Oh, but, thank goodness. But he probably yeah. still has to pee really the bad. The Bulldog just, who was peeing not on the fire hydrant. hydrant, yeah. Is the fire hydrant Okay. <laughs> uh, Batman has a little speech to the uh, the, the the greatly weakened Freeze. Uh, he but not tries- too weakened to make one last joke. <laughs> that's right. Take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> that's right. Sorry, uh, It is a little. It is a little odd that Freeze carries around his McGregor's Stage One cure in his suit. But it there you sa- have it. said with so much sincerity too. I, he <laughs> was really trying to act that so hard and call me. In the, morning, in the morning, in the morning. Yeah. It's okay. Even though he warmer, was responsible for much more death and destruction, he really kind of walks away with a slap on the wrist where it's like, you get to continue doing your evil mad science, we'll set you up in Arkham Lab, yes. and and we'll let you abuse Poison Ivy for some right. reason. Yeah. yeah, we'll give you your power suit to probably just murder her in her cell. Yep. Well, that's that's great, guys. That's really Arkham, good. Arkham Justice, Justice. is complicated, <laughs> um, which is to say awful. <laughs> so they return home and they plug in the McGregor's Cure into the conveniently placed slot in Alfred's IV. Yep. 
Uh, there's about 30 seconds while we wonder if he's going to be okay. And in fact, he is. I can scarcely believe it. Oh, thank God. Uh, we end with another slow-mo run at the audience because the one in Batman Forever was so great. <laughs> and that's a wrap on Alicia Silverstone's movie career. Good job, everybody. Yep. Ah, she's the mom in the latest Diary of a Wimpy Kid movie. Well, Which she's back now. Through me, honestly, the the best the the two best things that I saw in the credits, uh, other than the reintroduction of R. Kelly to me as a music artist, who I haven't listened to in years, and then I was like, oh yeah, he did this Gotham City song that sounds so super earnest, uh, and is like it's like an anthem for a fictional city that was released as a single with a music video and all that kind of stuff. Were uh, credits to the Neon Consultants, Knights of Neon, Knights with an N. And uh, the Nora Freeze and Copsicle effects, principal Copsicle effects, were credited to Rick Baker. Um, so, yes, even even geniuses uh, have to pay the rent. Oh, it says here Chris O'Donnell has been on NCIS Los Angeles for the last eight or nine years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. For him. Good for Chris him. O'Donnell uh, shares my birthday. Congratulations. That's nice generous yeah. of him. <laughs> yeah. Also, Nick Offerman, which is way cooler. This, uh, yeah, this movie. <laughs> this movie. So, so I, had, I found I had, this movie less objectionable than Batman Forever just because there's less yelling at me in it. Yeah. Mm. Yes. This is not a good movie. Uh, this is garbage. No. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the depictions of Two-Face and the Riddler hurt me. Um, and I will not forgive them that. I had not seen this movie before, if you could believe it, because people had just talked about how bad it was for like 20 years. And then Jason made me watch it. Uh-huh. So, Jason, we're enemies now. I had to watch it, too. And t- Tony, I hadn't seen it before either. And why I, it seems like we should have had an adult help us out and not watch I know, I know, right? See, um, I, but I, I tried I, to warn I, you. I, I'm going to disagree. It's, and if say, only you had a good friend who had seen it five or six times to do a reference. I know about it, that person could have looked out for us. <laughs> I, just, I feel, I feel <laughs> like a good, generous friend I, who has everyone's best interests. In I feel like I know that I know why you would be offended at Two Face and uh, and and the Riddler, and it makes sense. And then I see this movie where Uma Thurman's got her character voice that she occasionally does and occasionally doesn't do and wanders around. And Arnold Schwarzenegger, who literally just every line is a stupid cold pun. I know. And it's so Mm. bad. It's like, yeah, it's, it's this one. Yeah, this one really... I couldn't make it through it. I mean, I did somehow. I don't know how. I may have died in the middle and then come back as a ghost or something. But um, this, well, this. So I, I definitely would say Batman Forever was not as bad as I had feared, and Batman and Robin it's, it's was like as bad as I had thought. Yeah. I mean, like a dull pain versus a throbbing pain. <laughs> this, this one is is just. Stupid, just through thoroughly stupid. Like there, there's no attempt. I think the thing that bothers me about it the most is that cynicism that I said at the very beginning, which is this is a movie that um, is trying to be like the comic books because it really is. It is trying to look like it, and the dialogue is basically like comic book dialogue. But I think it shows a fundamental distaste for the medium and a misunderstanding of the people who love it and why they love it. And the the thought it just feels it ends up feeling very cynical to me. Like yeah, 
they 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 love this crap. Let's give them this stupid I've, crap that's in the comics. I've I've been I've been trying to be like jokey humorous the whole time, but uh, Jason hit on exactly what makes me absolutely furious about this. Because to me, it it as much as one possibly can denigrates the source material that it's based on, and it's more than just a slap in the face to the fans. It's like saying that this form of telling uh, of telling stories in sequential art, this form of fiction, is uh, low and garbage and beneath us and this is us not even trying to make it good we're just going to sell a bunch of toys we can literally crap out anything throw it onto the screen and you little apes are going to eat it up and act like it's pate um it's like that that's that's the thing that bothers me the most about it is is not even just just the the kind of feel that the movie gives but the the way that everything that's come out since is that it was it was just as much of a uh, an executive calculation of yeah whatever we own this let's uh let's go fire up the money printing machine and not give a shit right well and it it feels like uh, i mean we talked about this a little bit in the spider-man episode about uh these are based on uh, things and, and inspired by stories that are 50 and 60 years old at this point. Uh, it feels like both of these movies were made by people who hadn't read comic books in 40 or 50 Absolutely. years. Absolutely. You know, they, they remember the childhood ones they read, and they're very simplistic and childish and stupid. And, yeah. and like I said, these are both aggressively stupid movies. They're vaguely trying to be like the 1966 show, but they don't even get that they, right. They get it. Yeah. Abso- I would say yeah. absolutely wrong. Like that's one of the things that bothers yeah. me about Batman and Robin is they seem to be leaning into the 66 show, and uh, they miss all the all the yeah. like subtle humor that goes along with it and instead they just are say big bright and again stupid i think that that fundamentally there is a feeling from the people who made this movie that people who like comic books people who like batman are uh, dumb people who like crappy crappy stories and crappy dialogue like that kid stuff that i read when i was a kid in the 60s or the 70s and um and so i'll I'll just give you this it's like people who don't like the source material don't understand it don't know why it has any appeal to anybody but they think they know those things so they can spin it back on an audience Mm -hmm. and think they can commercialize it and it's a and and it's that's why it's a complete failure and is offensive to me on one level because why does anybody think anyone wants to see this like literally who wants to see batman and robin it is it has no merit at all there's no audience for this film uh, well, it feels to me like just a continuation of Batman Forever, honestly, in terms I, of I tone agree. and disregard yeah. for the audience. Yeah. And honestly, can you... They let him make another one. So I hate, I mean, I hate Batman Returns, <laughs> so right? I mean, we, we, we're, we're clear on that. I really dislike Batman Returns. And somebody in the chat yes. room just asked, so Batman Forever versus Batman Returns, since I favor Batman Forever. And I said, well, at least with Tim Burton, my I disagree with Tim Burton's take on Batman. I feel like he made Batman Returns kind of under duress. He didn't wasn't really interested in Batman. He was more interested in kind of the tales of the freak villains and so he told that story in Batman's barely in that movie but I believe it comes from a, a genuine place from Tim Burton as somebody who has the yeah. kinds of stories he wants to tell and he was He's trying at least to least interested in some part of this universe exactly yeah. right whereas these movies I have no feeling in either of them even though I have a preference for one over the other they're both terrible and soulless and made by people who don't care about it and are just cash and a paycheck that's bottom line people well, accuse the, you know, the Marvel cinematic 
cinematic universe movies as being you know run by executives and there's no auteur vision that's uh, to them or something like that but for me at least they care about the source material the people that are calling the shots and architecting the big outline of everything care about and respect the source material as as much as I think and the audience can. and the audience yeah I mean the yeah. the thing that the thing that bugs me about Nolan's movies is that Nolan actively rejected any of the supernatural stuff it had to be as completely grounded in reality as possible because he thought anything remotely touching the supernatural side of Batman was just silly and ridiculous and beneath him that mm-hmm. kind of bugged me his movies are still okay right. at They're least still, well, all right at yeah. least he had a vision right at least he he understood some aspects that appealed to him from it and i don't get the feeling that joel schumacher or the screenwriters of these films looked at at the source material looked at the characters and said i this is the kind of batman that speaks to me it was literally like what do we have to do what numbers do we need to hit what marketing Which things toys do we are need we to put in? exactly right like what what we'll do we'll follow the template of batman returns we'll drop in a couple of villains we'll have play off each other like it's all just there but it's empty it's completely soulless and uh and yeah it's uh and it's spectacular the, the, dichotomy, how bad it is. the dichotomy of these two movies coexisting with the animated series which are still running at this point <laughs> as the new batman adventures uh is 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 stunning that inside the tent they had people who deeply passionately loved the source material were giving them stuff that they could they wouldn't even be ripping off they'd be using their own stuff they wouldn't be stealing it from anybody they are paying the animated series people to be doing this stuff like i mentioned earlier it's like they went oh there is this really amazing mr freeze episode that made mr freeze awesome and mr freeze was not awesome before the animated series the animated series made him into a totally different character poison ivy phenomenal even better you know than than she'd ever been before this amazing template and they just went you know what let's just use none of the good parts of that template so well that's exactly right because my boys know mr freeze from the animated series and you know there's enough of the basic concept to to him and his motivations here but you know it's like how did they ruin that how do you take that really interesting character and story and ruin it in live action so well that's how here's here's the legacy of of batman and robin which is batman movies in the 90s were basically a license to print money and you and batman forever can be explained as essentially being how do we print more money um and then batman and robin despite batman as a character having such high visibility and these being like go to no brainer tentpole movies for the summer batman and robin so terrible that it flopped it killed the batman film franchise they were planning on doing a fifth movie it killed it it led to them handing the the uh, ball over to christopher nolan to completely reconceptualize years later 10 years later 10 years later And and the other bit of legacy i'll say here is it uh it it was this thing that kind of killed the soup comic book superhero movie and in 2001 i would argue when sam raimi came out with spider-man that was the beginning of a reconception and a new understanding of what a modern superhero would movie would be and the raimi movie is a much more recognizable superhero movie like the ones we get five times a year now than um any hmm. of these batman movies were so it, there's a real dividing line here between batman Batman and Robin, which is like the final um, extension of what could we do with this kind of movie? And the answer is, this is as terrible as it gets. And then we have to stop. And then Raimi came in a few years later and made a Spider-Man movie that made people go, oh, yeah, okay, that is... That that's a better idea, which is funny because Spider-Man 3 actually makes a lot of the same mistakes as uh, as Batman and Robin and Batman Forever do. 
in his yeah. book about Batman, Glenn Weldon proposes that each Batman is an overreaction to, to the previous, the previous version. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you have the 1966 Batman. It's goofy fun. The fans hate it. Oh, now we get the dark Batman later with Tim Burton. Oh, that's too dark. So now we get the brightly colored Joel Schumacher. Oh, that's too brightly colored. Now we get Batman Begins and... We haven't actually, in my opinion, had an overreaction to Batman Begins because it's just been Batman Begins, Dark Knight, all the way into Batman v Superman, darker and darker. You've got to feel darker. like maybe uh, that's about or Lego Lego Batman exactly. is the reaction. Lego Batman, Lego might be Batman, which is yeah. brightly colored yeah. and super fun again. Lego Batman is the indictment of the toxic masculinity Batman we've gotten for the last decade. So yeah, yeah. there you go. And and I'll I'll throw in a plug for the Glenn Weldon book as well. Yeah. it's quite good. It's a good book. Fast read, good book, um, yeah. written with love about the character and trying to understand why <laughs> people yeah. uh, like Batman and all the different all the different illusions we've got about how bat what the real Batman is that are not based in reality <laughs> at all. Um, Unlike these movies, it's by someone who understands and loves the character. Indeed, <laughs> Steve, thank you for um, for recapping uh, Batman and Robin because I wasn't going to do it. Well, this was great. <laughs> You it, can't it say it that Jason, about it made it so that you didn't have to take obsessive notes about how many times they were going to do compost callback yeah. jokes. Yeah. Yeah, no, I had uh, previous to this podcast, I had only ever seen the uh, the original Nicholson Keaton Batman, which uh I hadn't seen since it came out and so I picked up as I mentioned the four film favorites. Indeed. <laughs> Big quotes around that. Uh Four. It's four. And watched all four, four of them. And the first one I think still works a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it it feels a lot smaller than it did back then, but yes. it's, especially that parade it's, uh, shot set that's like that liter- really, literally, that's the killer. literally yeah. like twenty feet long. <laughs> parade on a soundstage. Yep. It's a, it's a little weird. Um, Batman Forever. I didn't loathe the way you guys seem to, but you know, or Batman Returns. My aesthetic. I, yeah, Batman yeah. Returns. These two, holy cow, are they hot garbage. <laughs> yeah, they really are. I mean, I, I'd seen, obviously, I'd seen, uh, I'm sorry, I had seen Batman and Robin previous to this because I, I had had to watch it many, many times in a row. You, you got paid for that. It's okay. Uh, no, I did not get paid for that. No! That was entirely volunteer. They're just exploiting the fans. But oh. uh, but uh, it's unbelievable to me, having seen, I, I, I was sure that I would watch Batman forever and and see something that caused them to go, oh, yeah, sure, we'll make another Batman movie. And then Batman and Robin was just this complete, you know, departure, this massive train wreck. And no, it's the same damn movie. Yeah. More or less. Schumacher's an auteur. Yeah. Yeah. Whether, which one you you loathe more, I think, is based on your relative tolerances for Arnold or Carrie's capering. And it's it's academic. They're both garbage. It's true. They're both garbage. For for me, Carrie, I think, is far, far worse. At least the presence of Arnold reminds me of other films that I have enjoyed (laughs) in the past. (laughs) Although, although I watched Carrie and I remembered I actually liked The Mask. And I thought, yeah, The Mask is fun. Yeah. I've never seen The Mask. That's about it. It makes you nostalgic for the comparative quiet and relaxed performance when you think back to when the mask came out oh it was a God. certain kind of movie and you look at it now and you're like oh most of the character motivation of this movie is cameron diaz's ass it's true mm-hmm. it's true but it's a good motivator but anyway uh we'll get a shot a close-up shot of that by via joel schumacher because he's good at butt shots apparently anyway i'm 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 frankly blown away by the fact that there are two of these it movies is and they... <laughs> it is it's staggering that batman forever made a lot of money so that they made another one and it like it took two of these movies to kill that franchise that's how big the batman franchise was in the 80s and 90s it took two well, also these. people did like forever like it wasn't 
uh, reviled publicly no. and no one saw it. Like, no, it was, it was successful. It was, a, it was a thing. Yeah. Lord but did they really why. like Forever or were they carrying around this sort of phantom menace thing where they didn't really want to admit to themselves what they'd just seen? <laughs> I think Forever was more a case of it was enjoyable. It wasn't, you know, uh, some sort of super bold vision. It was drawing enough off of the Burton stuff that it still felt sort of of a piece of that world and was a funny capery thing because going out to the movies was a thing that people I did mean, on Friday nights it, on a regular Jim basis. is in a lot of movies that, that, yeah, that but made it, money. It was a time, dark time in our lives. But we <laughs> made incredibly when, dark. Yeah. When my yeah. wife and I saw it and came out and, you know, that our thing was we would see the movie first and then go have dinner. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Batman fan. And we came out of that and basically spent 45 minutes going, what the hell did they do to Batman? Yeah. Good God. Yeah. And so I, I can see people who really enjoy Jim Carrey's capering actually enjoying that film for the capering. I mean, for me, I, he's an unbelievably yeah. talented comedian and physical yeah, comedian. Yeah, he is. Yes. And oh, yes. A, a tiny little bit of him goes a very long way. Yeah. And this is yeah. his whole buckets. Did- if he just ramped up from normal person to that performance as you watch the character get crazier throughout the movie, sure. I think it would have been right. great. Yeah, he starts at 9.5 and then goes well, to 10 and, almost And in the script, when he's got, he's got, maybe it's not in the script, but that is that a little over the top. It's like, you could see how if, if he started low and came all the way up and got to that point where he's like, was that a little over the top? It would be like really yeah. great. Like, he, Actually, oh, he realizes yeah. that he's escalated to this point, but instead he is at full volume the whole the whole time. But I, I think, like, I, you know, for me, the I guess you would say the anthropological study of, of the whole Batman oeuvre is that people retroactively hate forever more because of what it led to more than specifically what forever was and we pay a lot more attention to the signposts of the garbage that really went off the rails in batman and robin because they got away with it in forever that could be one if you look at it if you look at it visually too batman forever is shot it's shot well compared to batman and robin batman and robin is so badly shot it's amazing but it has those, those cool scenes. giant statues yeah. like, i really like the so production the, the well, design is great it, yeah. i'm just talking about the the actual photography of it yeah the it cinematographer staged, didn't shoot those yeah so um what i'm saying is thanks tony <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing could have won the superhero spectacular could, then we'd be watching fantastic four movies oh my god <laughs> All right, so you know, I can't help feeling a little responsible. I could have taken down Batman when I had the chance. You could have. If I had known this was the him. end game, I'd have done it. So here's if here. Doctor Strange had won, we'd be watching the Doctor Strange TV movie and Doctor Mordred, the movie that was a Doctor Strange movie until they lost the license and, at the last minute and, maybe, and had to change the title. And maybe Batman and begins. Maybe Batman begins. <laughs> um, yeah. So so what will happen next in six months to a year is that we will come back and talk about Christopher Nolan's movies, which means yes, the internet will be very angry at me when I explain that I don't like The Dark Knight, but I really like Batman yeah, I'm Begins. With you, Jason. So get ready for that. I actually prefer Dark Knight Rises, I think, to Dark Knight. But uh, oh, wow. like Jason, I you're, you're enjoying Batman Begins is perfectly reasonable because it really is one of the better Doctor Strange movies. It is, movies the, it is one of the finest Doctor Strange movies. It is Doctor a fantastic Doctor Strange movie. And then, movie. and then, yes, maybe at the, at some point we will get to Lego Batman and Batman uh, sixty six. Maybe one some some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. But I would like to thank my bomb. panelists. Bomb. <laughs> Um, for, um, it's like they knew as they were making the movie. By the way, meme meme people out there on the internet, meme people. Uh, I really want a supercut that involves the Bane from Batman and Robin, but with a Tom Hardy dialogue from 
Dark Knight Rises because I think just him standing be, there with his muscles flexed. Yeah, going. <laughs> I think that would be really great. Uh, you so just watch it and go <laughs> yourself. I missed the scene. I could do that. Has come to a reckoning. All right, Mister Bane, drive the car. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, I want to thank my guests for spending a very long time talking about this and a very long time watching two very bad movies. Monty Ashley, thank you. My shoes are melting. David J. Lore. It's, it's very hot here. Thank you. Uh, all I know is I'm, I'm convinced I'm switching all my banking to Chase Meridian. Good. Tony Sindelar, I'm so sor- sorry. So, so sorry. Not sorry enough. Goodbye, nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Moises Chuyan, thank you. <laughs> they want you to be Jesus. They get down on one knee, but they'll want their money back. If you're alive at 33 and you're turning tricks with your crucifix, you're a star, oh child. Joe, Joe you say that every time. Joe Steele, thank you. <laughs> it's his catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> an absurd, an exceedingly long catchphrase. It's a catch paragraph. Uh, they're, they're new. <laughs> Joe Steele, thank you. Surfs up, big Kahuna. Oh no! <laughs> and Steve Lutz, thank you very much. A laundry service that delivers. <laughs> wow! Uh, <laughs> I hate it when they talk during the movie. And I, you know what? Actually, I got to throw that out. And I've been your host, Jason Snell. Thank you for listening to The Incomparable. But now winter has come at last. <laughs> Batman. Ah! 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 <laughs> <laughs>